Welcome to episode 6 of Flop Stars. If you're new here, Flop Stars is a podcast looking at our favourite pop stars in our hearts who can't quite compete on the charts. I'm joined, as always, by our resident pop expert Nick Kelly to look at a criminally underrated album that has won cult adoration. This week, we turn our attention to Justin Bieber's 2013 compilation Journals. Coming off the back of a terrible year of PR, Bieber attempted to turn the headlines to music with a mature R&B project. It didn't create the hits that his last album did, but it's become a fan favourite and also informed his most recent album changes. Let's get started. Good morning and good afternoon, Nick. For everyone, I was going to say, how are you? But we've already done this once and we had technical difficulties, so we're doing it again and flexing Um, our acting muscle. Toilet paper chat, supermarket chat, journals is a good album chat, and we're excited to dive into it chat. That's what you missed. If you weren't exactly, there. it was thrilling and very exciting. But maybe if we do a bonus disc of the podcast, we'll throw this on there as an outtake. Such a good opportunity for a bloopers reel um, from this. <laughs> from this, but it's all just going to like every blooper will just be going. Hang on, I don't think it's plugged in. Or hang on, <laughs> I've got the mic around the wrong way. Actually, or I've misspelt a name, got a date yeah. wrong, things like that. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's appropriate to lead into what we're doing today because the person we're discussing and the year we're discussing was basically a blooper reel of a year for him. Um, (laughs) And that is Justin Bieber and his notorious 2013. And I don't know why this keeps happening, but a lot of the flop stars we've been talking about and their great projects that we talk about seem to fall in a year that was full of personal turmoil for them. I'm really interested in exploring that concept and I think it's that whole idea of like from pain comes incredible art and you know the idea that Van Gogh couldn't have made his incredible paintings if he didn't chop his ear off um etc like that's that's kind of where I go with with thinking about people's careers and and the work they made in their darkest hours you can't make good shit unless you go through the experiences that go into that good shit yeah And I think also it's difficult to make a good album when you're happy. And I think we'll discuss that when we get to changes versus journals. But first, let's give journals the attention it deserves because it's our star today. So basically journals was, I don't know if you call it an album as much as a compilation of songs that Justin Bieber released over a two month period at the end of 2013. Um, and what a year it was for Justin Bieber. I've got the, his kind of timeline here. And this is, these are all the things he achieved in 2013. He broke up with his longtime girlfriend, Selena Gomez. He Great. was arrested for DUI. Awesome. He assaulted a limo driver, lashed oh. out at a photographer, claimed Anne Frank was a believer. <laughs> That's my favourite. on a fan, was spotted in a brothel, and the worst of all, spray-painted a Gold Coast hotel. <laughs> Do we remember which one it was? Which Gold Coast Hotel? Was it the QT? I think, is, I think no, was it QT? It was one of I those. Mean, it was a nice one, definitely, obviously, because yeah. he was staying in it. But yeah, there was up, upheaval at the time. It was the QT. I just Googled it. And Mayor Tom Tate was very unhappy with the fact he, he painted a Pac-Man ghost style pink thing with black teeth. Very upset. <laughs> Exactly what the Gold Coast needed And actually quite in style with the Gold Coast I'm surprised they didn't pay him for it (laughs) Get him on a bit of an art retainer At the Gold Coast Council What's really interesting to think about um, With the spray painting thing Is then a couple of years later When he put out um, What was the record before this? Um, Uh, Believe Believe He spray painted murals In locations around the world um, Including one in Sydney Just behind Universal Music Where he put each of the titles He revealed each of the titles Of the album tracks Through murals That he spray painted around the world So that was probably a precursor to that That was him learning His spray painting (laughs) prowess Look, whatever it was It wasn't a particularly good year By anybody's standards Unless you kind of count felons as a as a good thing for felonies as a good thing for your for your yearly scoreboard <laughs> but one good thing that did come out of the year was the album journals or the compilation journals and it seemed to signal a move for Bieber from very pop radio ready hits 
to a very R&B, more mature sound. And it's very clear that he wanted to talk about sex and he wanted to talk about being a bad boy and he wanted to collaborate with rappers and he wanted to move into that world. And he'd done that before. He'd collaborated with people like Ludacris and Nicki Minaj. But this time around, he was collaborating with rappers who were kind of on the come up at the time and still not very commercially viable, like Chance the Rapper and Future and Big Sean. So he was making a very strong statement of who he wanted to be with it. As someone at the time who wasn't a particularly big fan of, of you know, of rap and hip hop, and I was very much a pop boy, um, this was my first kind of time hearing about people like Future and Chance. I definitely heard of Big Sean at the yeah. time, um, particularly from his work on Wild by Jesse J, um, where he referred to a <laughs> fish dinner um, as being something he wanted to eat. Um, but yeah, this was this was definitely like so left of centre from someone that had been a Bieber fan for quite a long time. And what's really interesting is this now is probably the most relevant album to what his current sound is and what his sound is at what Absolutely. is probably, right now is probably one of the peaks of his career, if not the peak. And um, the music he's making right now sounds so much like journals. So it's almost like that was a precursor to what he truly wanted to make eventually. It definitely was. And you think of the space he's been given in his career now where he's gotten to the stage where obviously his label and his management trust him to do whatever he wants and they've awarded him this um, big pop star budget to do an album like Changes, which is very R&B, whereas at the time that Journals came out, it wasn't kind of given the same spotlight that they would normally one of his big albums. So they clearly didn't completely trust in the music that he was making. And to be fair, it didn't do overly well either. It didn't really chart well anywhere. It didn't produce any hits, but I think it's become a bit of a cult classic for Bieber and a lot of his fans love like the songs on it. And I think he's still playing a few of them when he plays live now. And to be honest, I think it stands up as his most cohesive album. Yeah, I would I would actually say that because I think the ones before and after, they sort of had a few R&B tinged tracks but predominantly didn't get quite deeper into that R&B sound. They stuck in the, you know, the pop lane and had strong hooks and, you know, really melodic verses with kind of traditional songwriting styles. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting you mentioned that this had no hits because you're right and I think the, you're, the labels probably, A, weren't, willing to give him the budget to make these hits, but also he was releasing in a way that not many people were at the time. Definitely no major pop stars were in that each of these yeah. songs came out week after week. So I think in terms of, you know, the things that create a hit at the time, the streaming services still weren't really, you know, playlisting wasn't how you made a hit in 2013. It was still radio. Um, and the yeah. radio music directors didn't know what to do with this music. They didn't know where it sat. They didn't know that Bieber was going to become a credible adult artist yet. And so I think a lot of adult radio, R&B radio, um, and pop radio didn't know what to do with Bieber because they still considered him to be this child that was making songs like Baby, but he was making this mature R&B music. So it kind of didn't work in either of the Th those radio lanes um so yeah. it wasn't and because it was coming so thick and fast they also didn't have a focus track to work on and to to use to you know sell what beaver was at the time so i think he kind of did it to himself but also radio wasn't daring enough to make him able to have hits at the time and if we think about what was popular in 2013 it wasn't far away from what he was making there was a lot of r&b that was doing quite well, but it was kind of Robin Thicke, Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, really vintage soul infused kind of records. And then Ariana Grande was on the come up and Drake was doing really well. And Taylor Swift had 1989 as well. So she was just like, was it 1989? No, maybe yeah. it was red. Anyway, uh, she was doing. What was it? Yeah. It would have been red at the time. I think. I think it was red. I think pick any given year and you can probably pick that it was a good year for Taylor Swift. So she was there. <laughs> she was doing well. <laughs> Up until a certain um, time. That's for sure. Yeah. And I think Justin Bieber chose a hip hop sound, which was almost ahead of its time and was also borrowing from an early 2000s kind of R&B space as well that no one was tapping into. Of course now, and I find, found it so interesting listening listening back to this album over the last few days is that it sounds so current. Like you could pick any of these records right now and put them on radio and it's right there with all that trap pop kind of stuff that's going on. 
it's crazy to, to think of a Justin Bieber record as being ahead of its time, given he is one of the people who has so closely followed trends throughout his whole career. And credit where it's due to the people that worked on this album with him as well. Like Dark Child and the Audibles were kind of the key collaborators on it, but also... Yeah. Um, I was I was having a look earlier at the at the the writers and producers that are on this. Um, Pooh Bear's still involved in a good chunk of the the tracks on there, and he's been a consistent collaborator across the whole journey yeah. for Beebs. Um, Nasri and Adam from um, the, the what, what's their thing called the Messengers, but they were also in Magic and they made Rude, um, which was a great song, oh, and they wow. kind of worked on a couple of the more that. couple of the more pop tinged tracks on the record as well. So there was some really good collaborators and I think a lot of this would have to be attributed also to Scooter Braun um saying you know what you've had a fucking weird year let there's nothing to lose by going and making some music that you want to make go and do it and I think he's a really good he, he, Scooter has been a really good person for Bieber over the journey um yeah and a, absolutely. a really yeah really useful in terms of allowing him to flex his R&B muscle every now and then and do you think this was the time that he kind of kicked in? Because I know Scooter Braun's kind of got a name for himself as being one of the managers who really nurtures his artist's mental health. And he's got Ariana Grande and Demi Lovato on board as well, who have notoriously had very um, public battles with their own mental health. It's interesting that he seemed to be a name that was popping up around the time that Journals was happening, almost as if that's the moment that he kicked in and was like, kind of overtook the labels and was like, no, we've got to let him do it his way for a bit because this kid's literally about to drive himself into the ground. Like he's, he's at the end and maybe music was the one thing that was going to drag him out of that. It's exactly what we were talking about with Blackout for Britney last week where yeah. music seemed to be the escape. Music seemed to be a catharsis for her where she could channel, even though she wasn't writing the stuff, she could channel all her energy into the studio. And I think it was the same for Justin. And there's a lot to be said about Scooter Braun's approach on, on various projects. And there's, there's been plenty of, of due criticism over the journey, but um, there's a, there's a saying in manager land that the best artist managers find the great talent and then just leave them be and let them do yeah. what they need to do. They let them fall. They let them, they let them hurt themselves essentially and then they come back and they help them pick up the pieces and then they let them go again to go and use what they've learned through all that falling and failing and put it into incredible music. And I think there's definitely something to be said. And it's really interesting because journals, we talk about this maturity concept and journals really was the first sign of a mature Justin Bieber. Um, yeah. Believe was kind of, sort of getting there. There are a couple of more mature tracks, but this was the real, this sounded like Justin Bieber, the adult artist that's going to be around for a long time. And then obviously a couple of years later, um, through the work with Diplo and Skrillex, that's when it began that Justin Bieber was going to be an adult artist as well. Yeah. That transition is, is interesting to discuss <laughs> because it's one that so many artists go through when you start your career so young, the public wants to see you in a certain light for a long time they wanted to see Justin Bieber as the person who made Baby and the young kid who was playing guitar on YouTube but you get to exactly. this certain point and you're almost desperate to prove to everybody else that you're not that anymore and it leads to like dangerous behavior and we've seen it with so many child stars and a lot of them aren't lucky to come out of it as well as Justin Bieber has now and is obviously like very aware of his behavior and is doing quite well as far as yeah. I know I'm not in regular phone contact with him but <laughs> we've you both got a lot we've all got a lot of time on our hands at the moment it wouldn't shock me if um yeah if, if, if I just struck up a conversation yeah you might just dial into your zoom who knows? who knows you really think I would have passed up the opportunity to get him on this podcast <laughs> hey this is you and I there's no artists involved on this artists have no say not welcome <laughs> stay out <laughs> anyway, Beams was very, very eager to make a statement with this album And I think he did to a certain extent It showed to his hardcore fans at least that this was the music he wanted to make And he also didn't really care about getting a hit at the time Nah, not at all And, and I think at the time, I don't know if you felt the same But 
I was looking at this album going, I love this shit, but it's not performing. This will be Bieber's last album, and then he will yeah. fade into obscurity. That was genuinely yeah, how we felt at the time, which is crazy to think now. Um, and I think what this, this album probably did was a lot of back-end work. So it wasn't, because it didn't create hits, what it did create was credibility. And it did yeah. create credibility within the music industry. And therefore, people were, 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 were particularly other artists that he wanted to collaborate with. Um, that's why I bring up the example of, of Diplo and Skrillex. It, it proved to them that Beebs was going to be around for a while and that he had range to him and he had different yeah. sounds that he could work with, not just straight sort of um, bubblegum pop. And... Therefore, that opened the doors for him to create the best music of his life. And so, in hindsight, and this is the beautiful thing about this podcast, this album was exactly what needed to happen at the time. Yeah. And can I just say, too, like, props to him for kind of figuring out what his lane is because his voice never sounds as good as it does over these kind of beats. Like, all that matters, recovery confident he just sounds like that's exactly the lane he wants to be in and it it kind of flipped then and it wasn't him chasing rappers to be on his tracks it was rappers chasing him like the yep. other way around and he like appeared on a few incredible tracks with like Travis Scott and Post Malone and then it all started happening for him and it seemed that people started viewing him how he wanted to be seen so you're right journals was a foundation layer for him and good on him for that Good, good on him. Good, good props to you. Props to 2013 Bieber. <laughs> I think, no, honestly, whilst we're, whilst we're on that, um, his tone, his to- the tone of his voice, that sort of, yeah. w- that almost whine that he's got, that, that he's just got the perfect, this is the wankiest word I'll ever say, timbre for R&B <laughs> music. It's just to a T. Welcome exactly to our new reaction video, Vocal Coach Reacts to Justin Bieber videos. <laughs> yeah, so good on, good on you, babes. You're good on R&B, whatever. <laughs> so I think we've spoken a, um, a bit already about how Changes is kind of um, almost a sister album to Journals. Hmm. So I'm going for our first game, we're going to put journal songs up against Changes songs and we're going to reserve our opinions about Changes and I think they'll come out in the wash here. So our first matchup, we've got Intentions, Feet, Dot, Quavo versus Recovery. Okay, um, I... I was more of a fan, and this will not shock you because you know my taste in music, but I was a more of a fan of the upbeat tracks on journals. Um, so your roller coasters, your what's happening, those kind of tracks. Recovery yeah. is one of recovery's gorgeous. It's one of the one of the more sort of, you know, mellow songs on journals. It's definitely important that it's on there. His voice sounds incredible, but intentions, you know how I was just talking about tone. I've never heard Justin's tone sound better than it does on intentions. I think that is like literally one of his best songs ever. Um, So I'm going to go intentions on this from the changes album. Okay. Oh, this is a hard one actually. It is hard. I'm definitely more of a journals fan than I than I am a Changes fan. Um, Intentions is absolutely the best song on Changes and maybe the only tolerable song on Changes. <laughs> um, but Recovery is maybe one of my favourites on Journals, so it's hard. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Intentions. So maybe Yay. he'll get the streams. He needs it. It's his current single. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you made a good choice there. And yeah, there's a lot to be said for changes as a project. It's definitely not as cohesive as as journals. It's definitely not as um, groundbreaking as journals. But there's a couple of tracks on there that are just like ridiculous. And intentions is one of them. It's my favorite he's ever sounded is on that track. So I'm glad that we agreed yeah. on that one. Yeah, good for us. I feel the camaraderie <laughs> building now. Episode six. <laughs> it's all about chemistry. It's about the three C's, Sam. Chemistry, camaraderie, and content. We've got all three of those. <laughs> We're sorted. We'll be on the iTunes new and noteworthy section anytime soon. Well, I'm going to give you the fourth C, which is confident. 
off um, journals versus yummy. Yep, I reckon, um, so as I said, like the upbeat tracks on journals are definitely more the ones that I gravitate towards if I'm listening to just various kind of tracks on the album. Um, yummy, I went through a roller coaster, no pun intended, considering there's a track on journals called Roller Coaster. Um, of emotions listening to Yummy. I liked it, then I hated it, and then I li- I loved it. And now I'm kind of a little bit... Yeah, I loved it for a while. I loved how stupid it was. I loved how ridiculous it was. Um, so I... But right now, I feel like in terms of what holds up stronger, it's definitely confident for me. What about you? Um, I was never a fan of Yummy. There's something about I know. it that feels it was noted. very... It was, it was noted. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you picked that up. <laughs> My very subtle hint. Um, I, I just felt like it was lazy and kind of passionless and everything that journals isn't. Um, so definitely yeah. confident for me. Cool. That's good from you. I wish Chance and Abiba would do some more together. And it's interesting. They've kind of like reached this... Um, they've like kind of been on the same path and they've reached a similar point where they're both like married and very happy and making the most boring music of their life simultaneously. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm, I'm like wanting them to go back to this period because obviously that's bad for them personally, but. <laughs> and I feel like we should never wish, wish an artist to go back to a period because they were in that period for a certain reason and as as we said, like you, you know, we want Bieber to be making this kind of music, but for him to be in the mind set that he was when he made journals, we don't want him back there because that was like yeah. potentially a career-ending moment. Um, so I think all we can wish for Sam is that artists continue to make evolutions in their sounds and evolutions in themselves, and not get married, and not get married. Marriage is a sin. <laughs> Which is being marriage. done for me because COVID is blocking my weddings. <laughs> <laughs> I won't face that problem. God, God is speaking to you now. What's out there? Plenty of one? great more albums to come from me. <laughs> <laughs> What's our third battle? Our third battle is Get Me Feet Kalani versus All That Matters. Now, I know the last two I've said I loved all the upbeat tracks on Journals, but All That Matters was such a good... Not that it was meant to be an album opener, per se, because of the way that this record rolled out, that it was more of a collection of songs rather than a cohesive sort of start-to-finish journey. Um, yeah. But all that, all that Matters is just so good. And yes, it's, you know, it's one of the more mellow tracks on the album once again, but his voice sounds incredible. It's simple. It's but also really expansive at the same time. Um, yeah. Get, and Get Me, Kalani sounds great, but the Bieber parts are instantly forgettable. So, yeah, it's definitely all that matters for me on this one. And see, like, that's why he should have never put Kalani on that track because she is, mm. like, the ultimate R&B vocalist. Like, she knows all the tricks in the book. That is, like, her yeah. lane. And she just showed Bieber's, like, holes. Like, sh- that's probably the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> she showed his inadequacies in a, as an R&B vocalist and which is something that never happens on journals. Maybe it had yeah. something to do with his confidence at the point or the fact that he didn't have any other R&B vocalists apart from R dot star 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 won't be mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, she just really shined a light on that. So it has to be all that matters. All that matters is the first single from Journals, or it should be if there is one. Cool. That's probably the first game we've played that's a versus that we've agreed on all three. Have we? Re- oh my God, we have. Yeah, I know. I'm really impressed with that. Oh no. Go. <laughs> <laughs> People don't Good like unity. No, not at all. Um, all right, that was a good game. We'll have another game very soon, but let's get back into diving into the quality of this record. I've been a little bit distracted just um, for a minute because I've got about 10 missed calls from my mum and from my auntie, and now my mum's just sent me a very relaxed message, which makes me think that they were trying to pull an April Fool's prank on me. 
and it's worked because about 10 missed calls in the middle of a pandemic usually doesn't mean they're calling to tell you that the shop restocked I've decided that April Fool's is cancelled this year. I can't be bothered. I think the same thing as well. I think it's a risky time yep. for April Fool's. It's terrible. I haven't even... People are already on, on edge. I haven't even seen any jokes today. It's all just been... Like... I, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. I'm not... In saying that, this has all been a waste of time because this was all an April oh, Fool's joke. Yeah. We would never do Justin yeah. Bieber. <laughs> Thank you for 25 minutes of your That's time. That's okay. I was never recording. <laughs> you are? I was never recording. That's my April Fool's. Oh, fuck off. I was doing that at the start. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Let's do the next bit. <laughs> let's do the next bit. Gosh. We sound so mechanical now that we have an actual run sheet. <laughs> Get to the next question, please. <laughs> next, oh. next question. <laughs> All right. So we've talked a lot about obviously changes versus journals, but why is journals so different to the album that followed, which was purpose? Because technically journals set him up for where he wanted to be, but sonically the two are nothing alike. Where's the major difference there? Well, but both Believe and Purpose were dance pop records. The majority yeah. of them were dance pop records. Um, you've got tracks like um, Where Are You Now? What Do You Mean? Sorry. And then you've got those more traditional main pop records like Love Yourself. Um, so that's, sonically at least, that's where they differ. Um, and Believe was obviously the home of tracks like Boyfriend, which is kind of R&B tinged, but still big pop song with big pop chorus. Thank you, Mike Posner, for your yeah. work. Um, and also Beauty Beauty and a Beat with Nicki, which was a massive dance record by Zed. So, yeah, you've got... Whereas um, Journals has neither of those and Changes is all R&B as well. So... That's yeah. the that's the key difference, I suppose, and and also I think in the um, in the what these those two records stood for as well, and even what changes stands for. Changes stands for I'm a changed man. I'm a I've met my you know my person to equal me out and to you know zen me out. Um, believe was I'm not I'm not a baby. I'm not a, a tiny little child anymore i can be a little bit you know teen hot um if that is a (laughs) i'm down to i'm down to party i can party with the big kids maybe i'll go to a party and maybe i'll drink some punch who knows (laughs) maybe i'll swim in the pool with just my board shorts on you don't know um and then purpose purpose was obviously you know stood for a massive moment in his life he'd come back and done um the records with zed and with zed and skrill um and begun to set himself up as a, a a modern you know mature artist and then these songs were very honest and very and, and that's the first time that i think we'd seen him be really just sort of pull all that aside, pull all the bullshit aside and pull yeah. all the facades aside and just be genuinely authentic. And now he's been gen- quite genuinely authentic for a very long time, even down to the point where, you know, he doesn't shave anymore, doesn't get haircuts, doesn't shower. Um, so, you know, really allowing his true self to shine through. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Can I just say purpose though? Like what a... What a, like, round of singles that he had with that. Like, the first four singles are just, like, really, it's hard to think of a run as good as that. Yeah. And I really don't think that he could have done that if he didn't have his chance to do journals, get it out of his system, take a bit of time off, get himself together, and then be like, actually, I kind of enjoy being a pop star. And it was a very intentional move, purpose, to come back and to own the airwaves. That's what he wanted to do. And he did it. And on Changes, once again, he's flipped it up. He cares a little bit about being on the radio, but he more so cares that he's fulfilling what he needs to fulfill. So every album, he seems to kind of do what he needs to do at the time. And sometimes that works out for the better. Yep. Journals. Sometimes that works out for the worse. 
changes. <laughs> in my the anti I love that. Just a little IMO slapped on the end. <laughs> the anti <laughs> the anti changes. A little slander. footnote, an asterisk, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and then in size six font at the bottom, in my opinion. Italic. Italicized. Like I do want to talk about genuinely, like why is why does changes not really work and why does journals work when that when sonically they're very similar is it because everybody's doing music similar to changes now that's a really good question and not one i've really thought about because here's the thing sam i reckon changes changes is working it's working commercially there are some objectively good songs on there as well and i think subjectively for a lot of people changes is also very good um this is my Hmm. (laughs) i'm indifferent look my thing with changes is call them out (laughs) name them put their names up on a community list of names who like this album (laughs) Um, no, but I get what you mean. I think, look, I think potentially it feels a little bit like <sighs> the idea with journals where it was like just the shit he wanted to make. It was just getting some stuff out of his system that worked really well. Whereas with changes, I think he had the ability to create really incredible stuff that worked really well. And he's kind of just gone with the first yeah. stuff that came to mind. That's what, that's my feeling. There's a few demos on changes, whereas there's no demos on journals. There is demos on changes. And I think that it was kind of like a complacency with his position. Like he came off purpose as the biggest pop star around, which I feel like I say every week, but I'm going to say it again. He was the biggest pop star around after purpose. He had a great run of features, a little bit of downtime, and everyone was genuinely excited to have him back. Very different position to what he went into journals as. Yeah. So that's kind of transferred over into a lyrical complacency where he's obviously speaking about what his experiences are right now, which is fine, but I feel like he's offered up a very one-dimensional take on relationships, which it's all like, I love you, I want you to be with me forever, like, you have my trust, you have everything, which is fine, but that's not, like, what any relationship is like really unless they're living in an ideal world which maybe they are they have mansions and monkeys and (laughs) might be different to the way we live but the thing that made journals so good is because he's like this young teen i don't know late teens early 20s talking about relationships with dynamic and like he was talking about breakups and talking about regaining people's trust and talking about his behavior and all these different elements went into it and it made it so much more exciting. I don't really have a problem with the like beats or anything on changes. It's more just that he's just offering the same thing up over and over again, which is very, which is actually quite rare for him. Yep, I would, I would. That makes a lot of sense to me, and that that definitely is a very good way of looking at it. Um, and I think also he, it's not just lyrical complacency either. I think he's got a bit of career complacency and he's been guilty of this a number of times. And he's allowed to be. He's had so many years of having to be the biggest pop star in the world and being the biggest celebrity in the world. He's allowed to be a little bit more chill and complacent sometimes. And um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch Zane Lowe's chat with him before Changes came out. The guy is just, he's seriously being himself at the moment which is is certainly a good thing but i don't know if it necessarily creates the most exciting music for bieber um i think when bieber's absolutely when bieber's himself but able to tap into the different parts of his past and his personality that's when he creates the best stuff um and it's also worth remembering that justin kind of announced this album by um, putting up an Instagram post that said if it gets 20 million likes, he'll put it out before Christmas. So he yeah. he kind of Rita Aura'd himself and then it didn't get 20 million likes. It didn't happen likes, at all, And they had it? to postpone the album. I think he album. got 12 million. Yeah, they postponed the album because of that. So I think there was some silly, kind of funny, fun things going on that were a little bit cheap and a little bit tacky. Um, and that is yeah. why... Yeah, that, that probably adds into it as well. You're right. And he should know that he should never be complacent about a pop career because us 
Catherine Perry, nay Hudson. And she will tell you that it can all be taken away with you in a minute. <laughs> like that. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Because <laughs> you're all that I want, boy. Bon appetit. <laughs> Fresh out the oven. What a song. What a song. What a song. We're going to dive into that in a couple no, of weeks, not, aren't we? Not what a song. <laughs> I think we're going to get there. I think we're just working up. It's, it's going to take a lot of stamina. I love it. A lot of opinions. Um, all right. Should we play a game? <laughs> right, I've got I a game your, for you. I want your game. Okay. My game. Let's do it. So since we've all been in self-isolation, social distancing, physical distancing, whatever you want to call it, um, I think we've all found... Yeah. We've all found ourselves a lot more time to do things that we potentially didn't have the time for before, to do things that, to maybe revisit stuff that we have, haven't had a chance to for a while. For me, uh, okay. what I've revisited is a, a game that I used to play in the early 2000s when I first got a PC called Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, I've downloaded the iPhone edition of Roller Coaster Tycoon, and I'm addicted to it. I loved Roller Coaster Tycoon. How good was it? It was so much fun, and you you build this. If for anyone that hasn't played it, you basically build a theme park, and you've got to like keep on top of it and keep maintaining it, and make it bigger, and make everyone happy in it. Um, and what I want to do is bring to you reviews of Roller Coaster Tycoon. That have been done recently since people started playing it again in quarantine, versus reviews of Roller Coaster, the song wow. on the Justin Bieber album journals that people have also been going back to <laughs> yeah. since they got into into quarantine. So this is a game called Recent Roller Coaster Reviews. Um, you've got to guess which these quotes, which review, which which review these quotes are from: Roller Coaster Tycoon or Roller Coaster the Wait, Song? Wait, so these are recent reviews of Roller Coaster the Song? That's right, and recent reviews of Roller Coaster Tycoon as well. So reviews, these are all from the last month since people have gone into You've quarantine. You've done research. I'm incredibly impressed. Thank you. I appreciate it. I try and read. I don't research anything about the album. That's your job. Okay. Are you ready for the first one? There's four of them. Is this a review from, a quote from a review from Roller Coaster Tycoon or is it a review from Roller Coaster from the last month, the song? Day one of quarantine, I feel my mind slowly slipping away. Is that a review from Roller Coaster Tycoon or Roller Coaster the song? Oh, I thought you were reading they a bit of your journal. No. Well, that was my other idea. Read my own journals or journals <laughs> album. But I, couldn't, I haven't been journaling. Let's leave Day one of quarantine, I feel my mind slowly slipping away. Rollercoaster Tycoon or Rollercoaster the Game. Uh, Rollercoaster the Song, rather. I think I'm going to say Rollercoaster the Game because I feel like for your mind to be slipping away, that's um, quite intense for just a song that's not very visual. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to say again. It is a review of Roller Coaster Tycoon the game. Congratulations. Oh, feels good. Good guessing. I want to win you. this this week. I've decided. I I tried to make it as challenging as possible, but I don't think it's going to work. Uh, okay. Second review is this from Roller Coaster Tycoon or Roller Coaster the song? Am I the only one that hears the girl moaning in the background? <laughs> Is that from Roller Coaster the Song or Roller Coaster Tycoon the it Game? Is there a girl? It has to be the song. Surely there's no one moaning in the background of Roller Coaster Tycoon. In the game, there is music, and part of the music is sort of you hear the general sounds of the theme park. <laughs> so there could be someone moaning in the background. You hear lots of like, yay, people, people getting happy and excited. So you could have someone getting really excited. Or is it from Roller Coaster the Song? Do you recall moaning? I guess there could be a little bit of love making happening under a roller coaster, theoretically. Interesting thing to put in a, in a game that's aimed at teenagers. I'm going to go the song. And quarantine 24 year olds. You are correct. It is the song Roller Coaster. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Congratulations. I feel like I need to be more excited. Yay. <laughs> Good, good. Um, all right, number three. You're two from two so far. Good work. Two more to go. Enjoyable and a great way to pass the time despite being older. Enjoyable and a great way to pass the time despite being older. Is it talking about the seven-year-old song, Roller Coaster, or is it talking about the 20-year-old game, Roller Coaster Tycoon? See, I feel like it sounds like it's the game, 
but I think maybe, like, maybe you're trying to trick me. So I'm going to go to the song just because I'm, I'm suspicious of your behavior. <laughs> so you should be. Uh, however, you are incorrect. That's oh, a reveal roller coaster tycoon. I double guessed myself. You did. You overthank it. Well, I don't want to play anymore if I'm not getting 100%. <laughs> <laughs> There's an opportunity for 75 at least. Um, and don't forget to um, Apple Podcast review us if you get 100%. Just rub it into Sam. Um, you can leave fantastic. that. Just a, just a star <laughs> review will be fine. <laughs> uh, the last one is Am I the only one who is here in 2020? Is that someone reviewing Roller Coaster Tycoon or Roller Coaster the Song? God, it could be anybody. It could be. But it's one of the two. I just feel like it's a pop, it's a pop kid thing to say, so I'm going to say the song. It's the song. Congratulations. 75% yes. for you. Okay, I'm happy with that. Work. We work. move on, slightly deflated, but <laughs> still, still carrying on. You are. I enjoyed the power of that. <laughs> that was the most motivational speech I've ever given myself. <laughs> Feeling very Bieber 2013 today. <laughs> All right. Let's get back in, back into talking about it. Then we're going to have another game and then we're going to let you all get back to your exciting lives. <laughs> Which no doubt, no doubt mean ordering fresh pasta from your favourite Italian place and getting kicks out of delivery margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> or is or, that just me? <laughs> I think that might be possibly more aimed at you in New York City with <laughs> all the incredible Italian around you. Um, here we ordered, Gosford, co- we ordered cocktails. You've, well, Macca's is good. Macca's is still open here. Turns out it's an essential service. That's incredible. So it should be. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm. How are the takeaway anyway. margaritas? No, I need to know how are the delivery margaritas. So, so we got delivery cocktails on the weekend and they came with a disco ball. You're joking. That's brilliant. Yeah. And now we've got a notice on our lift in our apartment. Our apartment lift saying people are not to have parties. So I think they mistook us drinking three cocktails as having a party <laughs> because of our disco light. <laughs> so good. Party for one. <laughs> All right, let's talk about journals. I'm going to auto tune that. Okay. Do you reckon that Beebs would have been better off? If he just stuck to the sound that he started making on journals and just bypassed purpose. So think of purpose as an R&B record. He could have kept on like, what are the R&B songs on there? Like the Big Sean one and the Travis Scott one. Nah, they needed pop songs. Nah. Not at all. Like, all right, and that's it. We're done. <laughs> gotcha. Can you imagine purpose without sorry? Or like if Sorry wasn't like a dance hall thumper with Tranter Michael's I can't imagine it. Writing. No, exactly. But, but what if there was no universe in which that existed? Like what if I didn't even know that's what he was going to do? Then I don't want to live in Could that Could he universe? have theoretically been as big as he is just by doing R&B? I don't think he could have. I think he needed to make a couple more pop songs, particularly in 2015, I think to stand out. Um, making dance pop records was what was getting radio play at the time as well. And as I said, like radio wasn't willing to take a chance on R&B bar. So I think he needed to get a couple yeah. more dance records, mature dance records and mature pop records under his belt. And I think Love Yourself did a really powerful thing for him as well. Um, using Obviously using the Sheeran side, um, getting what... Sheeza. Sheeza, getting one of, two of the most p- powerful pop stars on the planet together on a simple, mature, guitar-led mainstream pop record. Um, I don't think he could have... I think Changes would have flopped even harder than Journals if he hadn't done... if he hadn't bedded himself in as a strong pop artist. So if we're considering Journals as a flop for the purpose of the podcast and we're considering Purpose as a blockbuster pop hit, where does Changes fall amidst that? It's a really good question. I think, again, commercially, and I really I think it's important that we separate these two things. 
Changes commercially. I mean, number one album in the UK. I think it was number two US, if I recall correctly. I think, I think he um, might have got there to number one. Remember, he was desperate. He might have done it. I think he got there. Yeah, I, I do. I do remember he was desperate. Um, the the great... Yeah, the, I think so. Changes commercially is performed really well. Intentions is, I think, the number one airplay record in Australia right now. Um, oh, wow. On radio, it is... It's everywhere. It is absolutely everywhere. That's oh, okay. So not um, a flop at all. No. So so it hasn't been. A, it it didn't flop. And you're right. It did do number one in the US. It did number two here. Um, I need to find out. Let's call there. it a flop then, because um, of that number two. <laughs> officially filed <laughs> yeah. as flop in in contention for like... season two of flop stars. <laughs> Maybe we, I don't think, and again, we talk a lot about legacy on this podcast and I don't think that, um, I don't think we will, that we'll come back to changes, my apologies, and go, oh, this was incredible, you know, five years down the track, like we're doing with journals. And it's not going to be an album, even with the, with the great single that is Intentions, that people are going to be listening to for a very long time and coming back to. Yeah, that's interesting. The of. So yeah, the legacy won't happen for it, but it hasn't been a. It definitely hasn't been a flop. I would say commercially, it's it's ne- never going to be as successful as Purpose because it doesn't have five pop hits on it. Yeah. Um, but it's it stood up pretty well. It stood up pretty well for him. Yeah, that's interesting because I wonder what journals contributes to his legacy because the casual Bieber fan probably doesn't even remember that this record exists. Yeah. Um, anyone who's listening to intentions on commercial radio in Australia would have no idea that he has an entire album, an entire other album of songs that are of this quality and an album that goes for 17, 18 tracks and they're all that good. Um, and yeah, it's really interesting. Like he honestly should just re-release it. I've, I've never been a fan of re-releases, but for this, especially on the back of changes, like I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> Let's start it. Let's yeah, start a movement. That's a good idea. All That Matters lead single. Yep. Rollercoaster we'll second single. I'll, I'll give Scooter a call. Yeah, do it. You've got direct lines. Now that you're in the US, you've got direct lines to every other person in the US, don't you? Oh yeah, that's that's what happens when you move here. You just get a phone book with every US citizen. <laughs> they could just put Ariana Grande on every second verse on the album, and that's it. Perfect, perfect. Lizzo's got hits give Demi that are a older verse than as well. Yeah, yeah, give Demi a verse. Exactly. Give who who else does he have? Like Jojo? Does he have like Jojo Siwa or something? Uh he's got someone like that. He's got Psy still. You could get Psy on to <laughs> lean it towards the Korean market. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> We've just lost great. it. I'm not calling you up for the business meeting with Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you a game because I think I'm, okay. I'm most fascinated by the kind of juxtaposition between the quality of this record and the quality of Bieber's behaviour in 2013. And there was a movie that Andy Samberg did called Popstar, which was basically um, modelled off Justin Bieber's behaviour. I think he never officially said it, but it was pretty obvious that it was all about kind of 2013 Justin Bieber. Um, So I have quotes that his character Connor said in the movie and then I've got quotes that Justin Bieber said in 2013. Holy shit, because the wilder, the more I'm probably going to think it's Bieber because I haven't seen this movie. So, hit me. So, I want you to tell me whether it was Connor from Popstar who said it or whether it was Bieber who said it. The first one is, ever since I was born, I was dope. Ever since I was born, I was dope. I'm just trying to think of Bieber's voice in 2013. Ever since I was born, I was dope. Um, I'm going to say this was Andy Samberg's character in Popstar because dope doesn't feel like a Bieber word to me. Um, you're right. I think Bieber was probably smoking a lot of dope in 2013, but <laughs> maybe not using the word so much. Yeah. Maybe for um, legal reasons. Okay. <laughs> Next one. I have a swagger coach that helps me and teaches me different swaggerific things to do. That is... definitely Justin Bieber because anything after boyfriend, swag was part of 
his entire vocabulary. It seeped its way into every sentence. So, yes, Beaver. I thought that would absolutely trip you up. That was Beaver. <laughs> who says swaggerific? And having a swag... Do we know who the swagger coach was? Was he a particular person? I have no idea who the I swagger coach this. was, actually. I imagine it was somebody like Jason Derulo. <laughs> or Asha. In his cat's outfit. <laughs> okay, next one is... Not trying to be arrogant, but if I walk down the street and a girl saw me, she might take a look because maybe I'm good looking, right? Bieber was so ugly in 2013, it's unbelievable. I think he'd even admit that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go pop star Andy Samberg's character. No, that was Bieber. What? Yeah. Even more delusional than I thought. All right, and this is the last one. There's no such thing as selling out anymore. This is how big business works. Nowadays, if you don't sell out, people will wonder if nobody asked you to. That's too wise for Justin Bieber to be saying in 2013. That's too, like, galaxy brain for him. So I'm going to go Connor from Popstar. It was. Damn it, you got 75% as well. We end on a tie. We agreed on all the songs. We tied in the games. It's officially the most boring episode of our collection. <laughs> Although we, we had a couple of clashing And you should absolutely use that as the grab this the... week. <laughs> we did have a couple of moments clashing on um, the quality of changes and how the, the size of the record changes. So, you know, there was still a little bit of controversy and a little bit of a battle going on. Minor disputes, I would say. And let's be honest, yeah. no one's really going to stick their head out for changes. <laughs> Rude. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Leave your comments on the Apple podcast. Leave a review. Um, I'm using my phone to FaceTime Sam this week, so I can't be bothered checking Apple Podcasts to see if we've got any. But if you put a review there, thank you. Okay. And I might read All it. Right. We might and read if you've it got any show. suggestions of who we should do next, just tweet us. Or if you've got any yeah. abuse or anything like that, we're, we're always open <laughs> to it. Trust me, the believers will be sending you abuse for your um, your rudeness about changes. Look, I think I've I been pretty to reasonable, to be honest. And I've no, got a have. hit coming for him when I'm, I'm going to re-release journals. <laughs> and the way you justify changes was really smart. It's a very, very, um, very music journalist of you. You did a very good job. Thank you. Very, That's very nice. Very Maybe I'll think of a compliment for you next week. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.